Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. In this podcast, we take a reading from Scripture each day. We look at the background material to that passage and also application for us. Once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. I'm David McLean, and this is actually our last podcast for 2020. So I'm glad you have joined in. Our reading today is going to be from Colossians chapter 2 verses 1 through 15. Paul writes, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you, for those in Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me in person. I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love, so that they may have all the riches of assured understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Him. I'm saying this so that no one will deceive you with persuasive arguments, for I may be absent in body, but I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see how well-ordered you are and the strength of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, overflowing with gratitude. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition or based on the elemental forces of the world and not based on Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. You were also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done with hands by putting off the, the body of flesh in the circumcision of the Messiah, Having been buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. He erased the certificate of debt and its obligations that was against us and opposed to us, and has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly, and he triumphed over them by him. Okay, so we know that this is written by Paul based on what we have heard already. And in verse 1, he starts out by telling them that he's he's telling them all these things because it's been a great struggle. He has, you know, been earnestly praying for not only uh, the Colossians, but also though in those in Laodicea. And Laodicea was located, if you remember, a few miles northwest of Colossae. And like the church at Colossae, the Laodicean church was probably founded by one of Paul's converts while he was in Ephesus. And the city was a wealthy center of trade and commerce. Um, but you know, if you recall Revelation chapter 3, later Christ criticizes the believers at Laodicea for their lukewarm commitment. And the fact that Paul wanted this letter to be passed on to the Laodicean church indicates that false teaching probably has spread there as well. Paul was really counting on the ties of love to bring the churches together to stand against uh, this heresy that he talks about and to encourage each other to remain true to God's plan of salvation. Uh, the problem, this heresy, and this problem that he is, uh, or this empty philosophy that he is uh, uh, standing up to here, that he is combating, uh, similar to Gnosticism, which you are probably familiar with, it comes from the Greek word for knowledge. And this false teaching, this heresy, uh, is contrary to what Scripture teaches. And it undermined Christianity in, in several ways. Uh, it insisted that uh, this important secret knowledge was hidden from most believers. See, Paul says that Christ provides all the knowledge we need. And 
Gnosticism or this heresy that they were faced with. It taught that the body was evil. Paul countered that God himself lived in a body. That is, he was embodied in Jesus Christ. It also tries to undermine the Christian teachings because uh, it contends that Christ only seemed to be human but was not. But Paul insisted that Jesus was fully human and fully God. Uh, Gnosticism became popular uh, in the second century, uh, but even in Paul's day, uh, these ideas sounded attractive to people. Uh, and, and hearing these teachings could easily seduce a church that didn't know Christian doctrine very well. You know, for us today, uh, similar teachings still kind of pose significant problems for many in the church. And we combat heresy. We stand up to heresy by becoming thoroughly, uh, well, well, not thoroughly, not thoroughly, I don't know why I said thoroughly, uh, well acquainted, well known with God's word. Uh, that we spend time with God's word, that we learn it back and forth um, through personal study, through Bible teaching. Um, because, as Paul says, you know, don't be led by uh, empty philosophies um, or uh, these persuasive arguments. It's easy to be led away if we don't know where we stand. So, verse 4, uh, he says, I'm, I'm saying this so no one will deceive you with persuasive arguments. And he's telling them, I've struggled for you. Um, you know, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to join together in love. Um, and I'm telling you this because I don't want you to be perceived or pers uh, deceived with persuasive arguments. Uh, you see, the, the Christian faith provides um, this growth track, if you will. It is a process. Um, I've, I've actually heard people tell me that everything they needed to know, they knew at baptism. And so, yeah, I felt bad for them because uh, some things I thought I knew, uh, kind of find out I was wrong. And things I didn't know, I've learned since then. And so we are on a, a track. We're on a path. It's a progress. It takes time. Uh, along the way, though, as we're learning, uh, relearning, whatever it may be, how do we guard against being deceived uh, by persuasive arguments? Well, here's the thing. If our growth track is too narrow, in other, way, another, in, in other words, if you are too close-minded, then you become stubborn. Um, you, No one can teach you a thing. One of the things we really harp with our girls is be teachable. Don't ever get to the point where you think you know it all. Uh, and and they, my oldest struggles with that. Uh, when she first started learning to read, she she could read, you know, uh, Sam I Am or Hop on Pop or, you know, these, these very easy books. And once she read that, she says, okay, I know how to read. And she was done trying to learn. And we're like, hold up a second. And so I had this moment where I sat down with her and I gave her this, this I can't remember what book it was, but it was a thick book off the shelf, uh, one of these series. And I said, here, read this. And she didn't get three words in that thing before she was stumbling all over the words. She had no idea. And she was like, I can't read this. And I looked at her and I said, then you don't know how to read just yet. You don't know how to read everything. You haven't learned everything. So we really harp on being teachable. Well, we have to be teachable uh, before, because if we're not before long, we can't teach anyone around us because no one's listening to us. We become isolated uh, and really love ends up disappearing from our life. And, but then if your track is too wide and every idea is an exciting new possibility, then you'll end up wasting a lot of time just listening to things that really have no weight to them. Uh, and you'll take some dangerous detours off your track. 
But the key is centering on Christ and grounding yourself in His Word. You know, we have to learn daily about Jesus. Again, study the Bible. Uh, listening to podcasts like this is a great way. But develop your own theological knowledge. But stay humble, you know, that you've never figured it out, that you haven't arrived, that you have all the answers, because we'll never be able to say that uh, and it actually be true. Uh, stay curious about the amazing complexity of the world God has made. Want to learn. Uh, always seek answers. Ask lots of questions. Um, press towards wisdom and pray for understanding. I mean, God has given us minds for learning. We, sometimes we just choose to quit using them. And so he goes on in uh, verse 6 and 7. We'll just go a couple of verses here at a time. Uh, it says, Therefore you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith just as you were taught overflowing in gratitude. Again, receiving Jesus as Lord of your life, you know, believing, repenting, being baptized, that's just the beginning of life with Christ. We must continue to, to follow uh, his teachings, his leadership, by being rooted, uh, built up, uh, strengthened in the faith. You know, Christ wants to guide us and help us with our daily problems. And so we can live our lives for him by committing our life and submitting our will to him, and seeking to learn from him, his life and his teachings. And then also recognizing the Holy Spirit's power in you, which is a conversation for a different day. I don't have enough time to really go into that. Uh, but if you read, you know, uh, Galatians 5, there's there's different places where we talk about how the Spirit, um, the Spirit works in us, the Spirit's power in us. And Paul uses this illustration of being rooted in Christ. And so obviously this is a plant. And a plant draws nourishment from the soil through their roots. And so we draw our, our life-giving strength from Jesus. And the more we draw our strength from him, the less we will be fooled by those who claim to have all of life's answers and want to lead us astray. And see, if Jesus is our strength, we're free from human regulations. You know, in verses 8 through 10, we'll see Colossians paints just this huge picture of Jesus. That Jesus is the fullness of God. All of creation was made through him, and Jesus has authority to rule over all, every nation, every ruler, every president, but the beauty of Jesus is that it really comes out in Colossians is his nearness. Paul says we are united to God through Jesus. Through Jesus, God is as close to you as the air you breathe and even closer. And God, the, the Holy Spirit lives within you and God calls you to his own. So how could we not worship him for that? I don't know what Chris is going to say in his sermon Sunday, but I know he's going to talk about the reality of living in Christ. And the reality is, is that although God, uh, Jesus, is just this huge thing, he's the fullness of God and all creation made through him, the reality is, is that Jesus is near, that we are united to God through Jesus, that God is as close to us as the air we breathe because of Jesus. And I don't know if I don't know how that doesn't encourage you. I don't know how that could not pick you up. To know that God is there, God is near. God is with us each and every day. Uh, so verse 10, let's see, it's moving on. Um basically, you know, read verse 10 and then and then look around you. People are searching for something to give their lives kind of a boost. You know. People seem content within themselves, uh, but it kind of is this vacuum that gives most people an uneasy, an uneasy sense of incompleteness. But we know that Jesus fills that vacuum. 
You know, as Jesus' person is fully divine, so we, united by faith to Jesus, find personal fulfillment in him. So Paul says, you have been filled by him. So when you know Jesus, you don't need to seek God by, by other religions or, or unbiblical philosophies as the Colossians were doing. Because Christ alone holds the answers to the true meaning of life because he is life. And Christ is the unique source of knowledge and power for the Christian life. No Christian needs anything in addition to what Christ has provided to be saved. Now, some days may not feel like it, but in Jesus, there is no vacuum. Because the full power and presence of God have taken up residence in our hearts and minds. You are a new person. You've been equipped for life and satisfied in God. So then he goes into this circumcision. We're not going to get into the circumcision. You know, we just know that Jewish males were circumcised as a sign of the covenant with God. Um, and so we also know that when Christ, with the death of Christ, circumcision was no longer necessary. So now our commitment to God is written in our hearts, so not necessarily on our bodies. Christ sets us free from evil desires by a spiritual operation, not a bodily one. And God removes the old nature and gives us uh, a new nature. Before we believed in Christ, as we see in verses 13 to 15, before we believed in Christ, our nature was evil. We disobeyed, we rebelled, we ignored God. Um, even at our best, we didn't love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind. The Christian, however, has a new nature. God has crucified the old rebellious nature and replaced it with a new loving nature. God has declared us not guilty, and we need no longer live under sin's power. God does not take us out of the world or make us robots. And we'll still feel like sinning, and sometimes we will sin. But the difference is that before we were saved, we were slaves to our sinful nature. But now we are free to live for Christ. And then he ends up by saying, uh, verse 15, or, or last verse we read, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. And he triumphed over them by him. Um, so who are these spiritual rulers and authorities? And several suggestions have been made uh, by di many different people. Some say demonic powers. Some have suggested the gods of the powerful nations. Uh, some say angels. Um, some say the government of Rome. And so since Paul did not identify who the rulers and authorities were, it could be any one of them or, or all four. But what Christ disarmed on the cross was an embodiment of rebellion in the world. So whether that be Satan and his, uh, and his demons or false idols or pagan religions or evil world governments or, or even God's good angels when they become objects of worship, uh, which was the Colossian heresy, uh, this disarming occurred when Jesus died on the cross. It's kind of like defeating a... a or stripping a defeated army's uh, armor off on the battlefield. And so evil no longer has any power over believers because Christ has disarmed it. And Paul already told the Colossians that he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, back in chapter 1, verse 13. And so our reality is, is that we are no longer supposed to live like we did before because things have changed, we have changed. We have been delivered, we've been stripped of that old nature, and we can live boldly with hope uh, and joy and know that God is near us. God is as near as the air we breathe because of what Jesus has done. I uh, hope that this has been a blessing to you. You know, if I could take a, a second just to say, uh, uh, as we draw 2020 to a close, it's been an interesting year. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it's been terrible, sometimes it's been not so bad. 
But uh, this is the first time I ever joined in on a podcast. When Chris first asked me to do it, I never fancied myself as a podcaster. Um, and I was like, okay, sure, I'll give it a try. I want to say thank you to, to those who have made comments, who have uh, text or in person just said something about uh, the podcast. You know, thank you for that. And I hope that, uh, well, obviously, I hope that we continue. And I know we will continue in 2021, but I hope that it continues being a blessing. Uh, all glory to God, because it's his word that we are trying to understand a little bit better here. Uh, and thank you for listening uh, this year and, and being an encouragement. And so hope you're blessed this week. I hope you enjoy the New Year holiday uh, and that you commit this next year to being the best servant you can be uh, to serving God's kingdom and his church uh, and finding ways to be a blessing to others. Until next time. Mm-hmm.